business is unique and operated individually of others in the same industry. What they have in common is the potential path to success. Welcome to The Second Stage with your hosts, Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. In today's program, we'll address the obstacles that many businesses find on that path to success and discuss what entrepreneurs and their businesses are doing to stay ahead of the curve. Now, here is Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the second stage. And uh, this is your co-host, Jeff Cadlick, and we've got another great show for you this week. And we always have great shows, and we always have wonderful guests. And uh, that, that is certainly the case this week as well. But I always like to reflect on our prior guest from last Monday, uh, Mr. Paul Shu. He was the um, – the show was called Perf- – no, that was not what it was called. Oh, it was the American Dream Entrepreneurship in the United States. And uh, Dr. Paul Shu was the author of a book called Guardians of the Dream. And uh, you can find that at www.guardiansofthedream.com. And what a wonderful, wonderful human being Dr. Paul Shu is. Inspirational story. What I, I mean, I, what I love about it is, uh, and we talked about this last week, and uh, obviously over the last week, how much he appreciates his opportunity to be here. How much he really has taken the burden to uh, not only uh, grow his business, but do whatever he can to help other people grow, other people's businesses grow. I mean, this is a this is a good guy. Good guy. And, and you know what he shares a trait, or he doesn't share a trait. He is the only person in America that has this ability. And what is it? Do you remember? The ability to use the SBA? No, what? Help me out. Help me out. <laughs> no, he his ability to reach across the aisle because he's worked oh, in both the right. Bush administration and the Obama administration. Right. As far as I'm concerned, he should be in Congress or Senator or something like yeah. that. Some High-level designation. And appreciate both of them. And appreciate both of them and have used – and, you know, quite frankly, he's been uh, he's been asked to uh, – you know, he was an ambassador for the SBA's uh, program. And, he you know, he was asked to kind of help out there. He's been an, an ambassador to for, uh, for uh, uh, you know, kind of the educational side. Uh, side and he's been asked to participate at, 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 uh, at some very high levels. It's it's very neat. It's a neat neat story. And, and you know, and quite frankly, Jeff, as you know, we've, we've actually uh, – we were introduced to him through – Barbara Hernandez in our office, and she set that up, and then um, we've got you know a chance to learn a lot more about all the wonderful things he's doing. So it's it's neat, and and, and as important, uh, you talk about a guy that's taken an opportunity and run with it. It's uh, pretty neat, pretty neat stuff. Look him up. Yep, he he actually embodies everything that is great about entrepreneurship because he got a small break many many years ago, uh, took advantage of it, uh, has created hundreds of hundreds of jobs. And he recognizes that he needs to play an important role in being a mentor. And uh, he takes that job seriously and he encourages people to contact him. He's a speaker uh, and, and somebody that really cares about entrepreneurship, its legacy, and, and the unique uh, <clears throat> place in the world that United States has in terms of leveling the playing field as much as can possibly be leveled. We've got a lot more to go, obviously, but uh, giving people um, you know, a shot. And he talked about his definition of entrepreneurship, which included vision, drive, and determination. And uh, I would have to agree with him. I agree. Uh, wasn't there five? I was going to say, I don't look through it. So freedom, ingenuity, and 
um, integrity, opportunity, and inclusion. Is that what you had? No, what this I'm reading what we blogged about. Oh, okay, okay. Well, I was just I was adding on to that. Well, um, I I, th- I believe on all those too. Okay, good, good. Hey, uh, Jeff, uh, congratulations on completing the uh, the uh, half marathon. That was a uh, that was another weekend thing. This I thought I'd throw that out there just since yeah. I was. I was drinking Red Bull and vodka while you were doing that, so uh, you know, I just thought I would throw that out there. <laughs> I appreciate that, and uh, you know, as I told you, I hired a trainer for the first time in my life. Wow. I was doing all the same exercises I was doing in high school, which was a long, long time ago, and decided that I had leveled off and that I need to seek counsel, and I thought that I was going to be my new trainer's best student. And within about 30 minutes, I was waving the white flag, and she beat me into dust. However, it did help me incredibly yesterday in the half marathon. I finished strong, and uh, you know, I was pleased that I got a return on my investment. Well, congratulations for that. Congratulations also. I uh, heard you, uh, we uh, got to launch our acting careers uh, with yes. uh, the help of Cleve, Cleveland's, Cleveland Crane's business. And uh you uh, you nailed it, man. I think I think quite frankly you may be on like Shark Tank soon. Best I can figure. <laughs> no, the the um, the second stage platform is just expanding. For all those people that told us that we had a face for radio, well, they're wrong. Yeah. Now we confirmed it. Now we confirmed. It. <laughs> maybe tell a little bit about what. Maybe tell a little bit about the uh, the skit that you and I were fortunate enough to, to uh, participate on. What what, what okay. we did there. Sure, sure. So as is typical, I played the role as the money grubbing snobby private equity jerk off and you nailed it and you and I, stuck it i i stuck it <laughs> i nailed that and then you played uh the add uh entrepreneur that yeah. uh walked into the room and without knowing it got his head handed to him yes yes but i walked out with my head held high just i didn't realize it was not on, attached to my body that's exactly and so the the format was what what's that cable show that we put the format after? It was um, it was House of Cards. House of Cards. So Brendan and I would do a little exchange across the table, and then we would lean and look into the camera and whisper about what was really going on inside our heads in terms of. And the basic gist of the story that was that the entrepreneur that Brendan uh, pretended to be was very focused on uh, him or herself. And uh, I didn't mean that you were her. Yeah, right. <laughs> kind of well, came out wrong. It all, it all depends. It all depends yeah. on how I'm looking at things. <laughs> how much Red Bull and vodka you've yeah. had. Yeah. But uh, anyway, um, uh, it, I thought it turned out well, given the fact that we didn't prepare at all. Which seems to be how we prepare, is that we don't prepare. But I think that the theme of the the theme of the of the video, and, and we encourage everybody to watch it, and, and please go to our website. I don't think it's attached yet, but um, but Barbara will probably do that since we're spending so much time talking with this. But I think what's really what's true is how often we meet with entrepreneurs who believe that the right answer to the questions we're asking is that they know them and that they can handle it, and that they that they'll that they'll shoulder the burden of all of these requests. And when in fact, Jeff, that's quite quite the opposite of what we're looking for, right? Yeah. And 
and it, it, it obviously the people who have listened to the show before have heard us talk about uh, you know about building the team, about building the values, about building the purpose, and so forth. And but but again, you know, we, Jeff and I were lucky enough to visit with an entrepreneur, a very very successful entrepreneur, a little um, in the south. And in uh, in our walk away from the conversation was that 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 person sounded a lot like not quite as bad as as me in the video, but sounded a lot like the person in the video. And and it makes it very hard to invest in a business where you know the person continually says, "If I could only do more, if I you know had more time, if I this, um, and you know, and, and I'm, I, you know, I need to be involved in the big sales, and I need to be involved in making the decisions back, you know, with the bank, and I need to, and it, it's it's limiting, and, uh, and and we hear it over and over and over again. You compare that to you know even just a little bit of a, a different shift on the presentation to you know I have been doing this, but 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 I have brought this person along, and this person. Person's ready to go, and uh, it's just a little bit of a different twist. Um, um, and, and I've shared the vision. These people have, you know, have bought off on this. That's it's our vision. It's it's our you know plan as opposed to me, me, me. So I'll stop talking, Jeff. No, no, no. I, I agree with everything you're saying, and and I think your point is to summarize is that I doesn't scale. I does not scale. It eventually stops out at about 70, 80 hours a week and for, <laughs> for a little exactly while, right. and then it yep. goes down from there. You know what I mean? Yep. So, uh, yeah, and we've tested the limits of Red Bull, and we know yep. exactly how far that that can take you. Yeah, it works It works for about, until you're about 47, Jeff, so you got a little time to go. I, I ran out a year ago. It's over, man. It's over, man. <laughs> so. Okay, so uh, we're – a lot of good stuff from there, and we'll recap at the end of the show, but we want to move on to our guests this week. The show this week is called Performance-Based Design, Impacting Productivity, Performance, and Your Bottom Line, and our guest is Jim Horman, practice leader and architect at Progressive AE, which can be found at www.progressiveae.com. Uh, Jim is an architect and practice leader of Progressive Progressive AE, and he earned a Bachelor of Environmental Design Architecture from probably the greatest learning institution in the world. It's called Miami University in Oxford, Ohio, and a Master of Science in Architecture from the University of Michigan. Jim lends his creative talents and thoughtful insight to assist clients in realizing their vision and creating workable solutions. Progressive AE is a 50-year-old 50-year-old full-service architecture engineering firm that is guided by a fundamental philosophy that spaces and environment should serve as strategic contributors to an organization's goals. And I'm actually very interested in learning this because we kind of tried to take on the same philosophy when we built out our space here in good old Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, before I go much further, though, I want to remind everybody that each week we want to provide actionable advice and have you to continue the dialogue through comments and questions on our blog at evolutioncp.com. We want to hear from you because we want to hear what works and what doesn't, and we want to create a true community of entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. You can also email us at the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Uh, I also want to uh, always thank our sponsors, McGladry LLP. They're a leading provider of assurance, tax, and consulting services focused on small and mid-sized businesses nationwide with more than 6,700 people in 75 U.S. cities. So I'm anxious, uh, as, as I, you'll find when we talk to Jim, uh, that most brilliant minds uh, come out of Miami University. 
It sure appears that way, Jeff. I mean, you you, you red you uh, redskin red hawk people. Uh, I suspect, uh, but no, it's uh, they changed their name. I always like to uh, uh, they they got ahead of the curve. But uh, no, I obviously great great uh, university. My uh, wife and uh, and brother went there, so uh, you know how can I how can I criticize? If it was just yeah. you, Jeff, I'd be lighting it on fire. But uh, I, I can't, know. so I'm, I'm, know. I'm handcuffed. I'm handcuffed. <laughs> I disarmed you. So with that, we're going to take a break from uh, our first segment of the second stage. And when we come back, we'll be with our guest, Jim Horman of Progressive AE. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Is your business model robust enough? In today's ever-changing business environment, people are working to transform themselves, their futures, and their business. Tune in to Business Reinvention with your host, Nancy Lynn. To stay ahead of the game in business, you have to constantly reinvent yourself and your organization. With Nancy's experience and that of her guest experts, you'll learn from stories of inspiration, innovation, and forward thinking. Listen for Business Reinvention, live every Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. In sales, are you a lion or a vulture? Lions don't wait, they just go for it. Vultures hang around until the lions are finished and just pick up the scraps. How can you set yourself apart as a lion? Join the other aspiring sales lions and listen to Forget Patience, Let's Sell Something with host Ty Maynard. You'll learn the tips and strategies of top sales professionals. You'll gain more clients at a faster rate and at higher margins. If you're a sales professional, business owner, or executive, listen in every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to the second stage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, the second stage. I'm here with my tag team partner, Brendan Anderson, and this is Jeff Cadlick. And we are here with our guest, Jim Horman, practice leader and architect at Progressive AE. You can be found at www.progressiveae.com. Jim, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. You know, we, we were bantering, you know, between segments about whether or not, because we were one of these universities that went from uh, one name to the other to be politically correct. And uh, it turns out that you and I are both red skins and not red hawks. 
Well, it's, a, it's an amazing school, so you could be either, but then it implies our age when we're both Redskins, doesn't it? So Yes, that is that is correct. At some point, I'm going to lie. But, there you uh, go. There you go. Not gonna. <laughs> anyway, um, look, we, we really uh, appreciate you being on the show, and um, you know we, we are kind of uh, fascinated by the topic because we uh, moved into our current location about two years ago, and some of the things that you're talking about uh, in your philosophy of progressive AE were some of the things that we tried to account for when, uh, you know, building out, building out our, our uh, space here. Yeah, uh, Jim, the truth be told is Jeff actually tried to build this facility in his image. And uh, so he, he uh, kind of, you know, when you walk through, there's lots of clear, uh, you know, kind of uh, bald looking lots, lots of mirrors. Yeah, lots of mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, in a reflection of your image. I just went, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. my goodness. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it, we we do like it, but we we um, we do look forward to hearing some of your thoughts on on where we may have made some mistakes and so forth. Actually, I do want to point out though, uh, uh, Jim was actually referred to us by a, a, a person, a great resource for small businesses, uh, Greg Crabtree, who uh, had, was a prior right. guest, wrote Simple Numbers, Straight Talk, Big Profits, and something a book that we hand out regularly when we talk to you know we have people that uh, are struggling with some profitability. But Jim, what what I loved about when you and I talked before. Was how you uh, kind, of, kind of you know look at um, your space as a business investment, one that should expect to return. And as uh, as private equity guys and people that you know are trying to build build value, this is we just love that general general thought and concept. Can you expand on what all that means and what what is performance based design? Yeah, absolutely. What what we all have in common is that we all have a consistent variable, and that's the space that we work in. We're, we're all performers. We, we sell, we design, we manage, we produce. Um, it doesn't matter what that is, but our environments really are where we contribute to the business goals and objectives. So our goal is to understand those environments. And I would say that the, the architectural and engineering industry um, for, for a long time has focused on listening to what a need is and then designing a solution. And we feel, and we've been working for years on processes, this is a process-intensive um, piece that we have called performance-based design, that, that we should know current state. If you're in lean manufacturing, you should know current state for where you are with your facility. Um, listen to the goals and objectives of our clients and understand their true business need. They aren't building buildings because they want to or, or in the likeness of themselves, which I think is, is funny <laughs> you mentioned that earlier. I dumb. know, <laughs> but, but it might look really good. I don't know. Um, but anyways, as you go through that process and you understand that the space has to contribute to the bottom line because we, the space and the building supports the internal business processes and the people that have to do the work to be able to contribute, that eventually we need to measure that. And that measurement, um, as we go through our design process, we, can, we, we create design principles. Um, from those principles come metrics um, and measures uh, that we ultimately end up with to find a delta for where our current state was when we started and really at the end what our designs help produce, which is, which is a new environment that has to support the bottom line. So we better be able to measure that. Well, and that's and that's that's great. I, I know you and I spent some time on this, and I can't wait to get into some more some examples of how you guys have done that and, and where you can save money and so forth. But maybe we first go to uh, how did you guys come up with this niche, and how did you decide to focus on it? 
really, we, we had a client quite a while ago who had us at, um, at, a, at a conference, and the questions would come up, which is, okay, you designed a space, um, you said it was going to do this, you made it to the ribbon cutting, and then after the ribbon cutting, say a month, a year later, um, how is that business doing? Did what you designed affect that business? You know, where, where's your post-validation for what your claims were? And we've, we heard early on that um, I would say the AE industry in general has done a great job of getting to the ribbon-cutting ceremony, and then we're gone. And that's not a, that's not a negative. That is a, a, an art, artistic approach to creating something that we've heard our clients and we've delivered on that. However, where could we go back and say that we actually measured and were able to show the business process improvement that we had claimed. And not everybody speaks this way. This is, this is taking a group of artists, almost architects and engineers are, are combining art and science, and we're, we're creating environments that have to have rigor with design process, but also has to be there on the validation side. So that's what we started to do. We said, what is per- performance-based design for us? It's, it's a process of knowing where you start with current state being intentional about listening to our clients' goals and objectives and putting our business hats on and making sure that we aren't looking only through a design lens so that as we design the solution, we have principles that we stick to and everything has to come back and be measured against those principles. And when you have those principles, you in turn make the metrics that ultimately show us that change for the delta um, from current state to future state, um, knowing that we then had a return on that investment. When when, when an entrepreneur like you guys had uh, that aha moment, so you said, wow, God, if we could ever go back and and, 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 leave the ribbon cutting and have this kind of this, this this way to show people that the that the investment they made with you guys paid back and continues to pay back. How long did it take from that aha moment to be able to start sh- demonstrating or showing some of those numbers? Because I, you know, oh, I think a lot yeah. of entrepreneur, a lot of entrepreneurs think that stuff, you know, should happen fast. And I always get a kick out of finding out how long it took. <laughs> it's it, that's a great question because you're talking about brain types um, in an industry that's been around since. Well, the Great Pyramids. We've we've designed and we've built. We've designed and we've built. But but the study of human nature and how we work and how we think and how we create and build that within a space is, is something that is is um, an extra an extra set of skills that um, we have some we have some people in house here who specifically focus on process improvement, um, and that's a very big deal. When you look at the, the medical world, there's an EDAC process, evidence-based design for testing hypotheses just to know the outcomes before you implement them, and then to continue to build on those, those hypotheses um, to make the medical community better, safer, more efficient. In manufacturing, it's, it's around lean manufacturing. Well, stripping the waste out of the system is not our only goal. Our, our goal is to, to make an efficient process, but to develop and create and design spaces that facilitate, again, back to what, what our entrepreneurial business people come to us and ask for, which is, is that consulting help to make sure they can accomplish at the end what they're, what they're designing. And their business plan is a design, and we take that and we use that. 
All right. So when you start uh, working with your clients, how do you typically start? I mean, you, you, it's you know, it sounds like a just a humongous project that would take forever to get your arms around. How, how do you how do you start this process? Well, and that's a good question. This process is applicable to everything that we do. It is scalable. Um, in some cases, when you want to pick new carpet out for a space, there's a way to select carpet where you know that the cost, the durability, and, and the return on that carpet is different if you select a low-grade versus high-grade. That's a, a really basic, simple form. If you're in a hospital and you're, you're designing this way, you want to know that fewer steps results in quicker patient care. And if you have rooms that are the same handed room, that you're going to have fewer errors and omissions when it comes to distributing meds so that it's a safer environment. So there's efficiency, there's safety. Um, it's a very long process to change our industry's way of thinking, and that's where we've stepped really far out ahead of the curve, and we said that to hold ourselves accountable after ribbon cutting, we have to know what our clients' business goals and objectives are right at the beginning of the design phase. So, I mean, how do you how, how do you do that? I mean, if a, I mean, if a firm, do you have to talk to everybody? Do you have to talk to, um, or, or do you guys just know from experience what you know, how how to do this sort of thing? No, great question. We have tools that we use. There's processes and there's tools. One of our tools is a human experience survey. Very simply, when you start a project, we have a way to to reach out to staff, to management, to ask questions that lead to insights as to their work environment, their health, um, the ease and comfort with where they do what they do. It doesn't matter what that is. And pulling that information out of them at the beginning gives us that benchmark for current state. And, and that gives us a chance to translate the design goals and objectives with the vision's goals and objectives. So we don't start in a vacuum. We do a lot of listening. And we put, we, like I said before, we keep our business hats on to understand the client's end goal and objective is X. We translate and we create space and facilities to accomplish that. All right, we're coming up on our first break, but I, I do want to get into the, the, the fun stuff, maybe talking about, and we, want, we may have to jump, jump over the break here, but uh, maybe get, get into some of, the, some of the ways in which you um, can get a return on the investment. Um, okay. And, you know, in, because that, that's the fun stuff. It is. It is. So maybe maybe tell me uh, maybe tell me some of the maybe the easier some of the the, the first ways that you uh, that you save I and mean, what are, what are the, what are some of the things you target when you kind of start tracking the IRRs and and the return on that investment. Well, let, let me give you an example. Um, one of our clients came to us. They had, it's a healthcare insurance company, and they said that they wanted to expand their IT department, and the goal was to create an environment that empowers, you know, the future work styles. So we're combining technology and we're combining a specific type of, of user. Um, our goal was to create a visual performance cue that enabled them to do their work better. So that's a, an, an example of a design principle that we turned into something that we could measure. And then in the end, we found that they had an increase in their performance when looking at what that technology enabled them to do. 
that, that that's a good example, uh, Jim. And I, 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 this is going to take a little bit longer, I think, to do this topic a little justice. And I actually have a couple questions myself. So why don't we take a break here and be back shortly to continue our discussion around the common return on investment themes. Uh, appreciate everyone dialing into the second stage. We'll be back here in just a sh- few short moments with our guest, Jim Horman of Progressive AE. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Are you an entrepreneur that wants to achieve more? Not just in it for profit, but to do work you find meaningful that adds more value to more people in more ways? Listen for Be More, Achieve More, inspiration for the entrepreneurial mind. With host Chris Cooper, you'll hear from successful achievers from around the world with the passion and experience to offer invaluable guidance. These people are making a difference and will help give you the motivation and insight to achieve more. Be More, Achieve More can be heard live Fridays at 8 a.m. U.S. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my partner, Brendan Anderson. This is our show, but it is a forum, so we're looking for input from you so we can benefit from everyone's experience. And you can certainly email us at thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. We're back with our guest, Jim Horman, practice leader and architect of Progressive AE, which can be found at www.progressiveae.com. Hey, Jim, when we broke off for the last segment, you, you're working through kind of an example of common return on investment themes, and, and I thought that that was a really great and broad topic, and I just want to kind of continue along that thought process if we could. You bet. Um, right now, we were, we were talking about workplace environments, um, what you invest in those environments and how people react. So if you take a, a topic like um, natural daylight or lighting and we study the mood of people working in that space, what is, the, what is the, the operational improvement with their output and with the number of sick, day, sick days that they don't take when the, when the design solution is correct? 
So that's, a, so, that's an example. So, so the correlation there is is that the more natural light you let in, you know, the the statistics would show that people are are healthier, uh, both in mind and body, when they're at the office. Right, right, and and, and that's. I'm sorry. Go ahead. And and therefore making them more productive, and and so when you're measuring, you know, the return on investment, you're measuring the reduction in sick days, or how, how do you go about measuring the result of the investment? Right. The, if you look at what you're describing, is is we're, we have the overused analogy of the iceberg, and the top piece of tip of the iceberg is that one x factor where you invest in your in your space. And the next piece of the iceberg above the water line is all of the maintenance and the operational issues in the first 10 years. But everything below the water line, the bulk of the iceberg, is this process improvement piece around somebody's well-being and health. And that's what we're driving to change. You can spend a little bit on the top of the iceberg, but it's, it's when you change that bulk of the bottom that really has a return. So... When we look at things that we measure, we measure distance traveled, we measure, the, again, the lighting, the sound, the healthy building um, factors that make everybody produce um, the way we need to, depending on, on what their task is. Hmm. Interesting. So uh, let me ask you another question just around return on investment is kind of the personalization of the workspace is, is, are, do you, is that something that you guys support and to what extent do you support it or is it something that you're looking for some commonality amongst all of the uh, workspace to come up with an overall theme? Well, that's a good question. We know that there's competition for capital when you're looking at building square feet. So if you're at an office building at $150 a square foot, are you advised to build slightly less square footage because you're going to rely on technology to help create a more collaborative space to better connect offices that are separated, you know, by 100 miles or more? And and that's where you really want to know what your investment's going to do for you. So fitting out a building with technology and, and focusing on that will help solve some issues, but it doesn't really deliver on the, the human side of how we work and how we talk to each other in everyday life. And that's, that's really what you're balancing, that type of investment. And so the, so the trends that you're seeing is really more towards uh, effective use of technology. We were at an accounting firm last week, and they were using this phrase around, you know, the rent where – or hoteling, excuse me, hoteling where, you know, people are gone so often that, you know, they just reserve space in the office and they can kind of downsize their overall footprint because otherwise they're being very, very wasteful. Is that something that you're seeing as a trend? It is. It, it downsizing is interesting because it could be a catch-22. We're going to create less square footage, which is going to be an operational and efficient savings um, for lease, for maintenance, for cleaning, for energy usage, for all of that. But at the same time, if you take away a coffee station where people gather around, they may not be talking at those coffee stations. They may be beating up um, business solutions and take back to their desks an answer that makes them more efficient. So we have to be selective with how we decrease and not change the way people work in a negative, um, in a negative way. 
Mm-hmm. Maybe get it. Uh, get get back to my uh, my return stuff. Maybe to get on some other uh, common um, investment themes where we can get returns and where people could look to potentially you know improve their bottom lines and in- increase their productivity. Well, the uh, the idea that um, we use data to understand who we are and and how we operate um, investment comes in the form of like I said earlier, technology, our offices, manufacturing, I think we should pick a market and and try and focus on what the human experience is or the business process is to be able to answer that question. Well, why don't you maybe talk about some of the, maybe go into some examples. I know you and I, when we were uh, kind of, you know, freelancing a couple weeks ago, you, you gave me some great examples of how, you know, certain industries and certain projects, you know, generated some wonderful um, results for your, your clients. Maybe just get into some examples. Sure. Um, one of our clients had a business where they wanted to transform from a legacy paper-driven process to something that was inherently digital and had a, a really quick responsive model. So what we did at my firm is we changed the way that we analyzed the work that was being created, pulled technology into it, and we found that um, when you provided the right environment and the right technology tools, that they had an increase after 16 months of work that in their digital core business that it grew at, at a pace of 43%. And I think that's what we're trying to measure is as we create the solution that we're a piece of it, we're a part of the solution, our clients know their business drivers and their goals and objectives, we are part of that solution and we plug ourselves in so that we leverage their expertise and their knowledge and we do the same. So if you come to us and you have a goal for your business, we analyze the performance of the space today, we measure it and then we have to improve on it. And the way we do that is having every discipline in our firm present at the table. So you're an architect, you're structural engineer, you're interior designer, we have water resources, we have every discipline imaginable to make sure that there's a voice for your sustainability platform, for your technology, for the human side of, of that you're a, a boutique um, firm that, that needs to really use the facility to receive people rather than you only make sales calls and you go out. That's good. And it's, you know, I, Jeff, I, as, I, as I hear Jim talk and I think about just our facility and how we've been able to, and again, we have small, we have a small office, but it's, uh, it, it is something we're very proud of. It is something that we, uh, you know, that, that it kind of is, I joke about Jeff about doing this in his image, but it is something where, you know, our, our, one of our core values is, and our probably leading core values is transparency. And, you know, we, we literally write pretty much everything on the walls. We've got everything kind of written out, and we kind of rarely we rarely take it down because there's no reason to take it down. So it it is pretty neat. I, I do you know I, I it's it's pretty neat that you know when you think of savings and when it comes to architecture, you know kind of the the concept of like uh, utilities and you know and some of those things always jump to mind. But I think it's pretty neat when you then take into consideration. Consideration, you know, um, employee hey. happiness, the general culture change that happened, that happened here at Evolution. Quite frankly, when we were able to kind of, you know, kind of draft this stuff on our own, you know, and in, in uh, collaboration and communication and some of the other things, and um, you know, really, uh, 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 and I'm sure the list goes on and on. Um, and uh, wish we had more time to kind of get into some of that stuff. 
Yeah, but yeah. so how do you go about measuring cultural change, though? I mean, what what are some of the things? I mean, because I would think that, uh, it, for instance, you know, we were after a little bit of a culture change in terms of how we presented ourselves to the market. But I would imagine that uh, you know people come to you, Jim, that are uh, maybe want to drive a cultural change in their internal office as well. They do. They do. Cult- it, change can be scary. Um, we look at change as a way to improve, and we have to take our clients through that process in a, in a, in a caring and loving sort of way, by the way, because, because it means we're spending money, we're changing environments for people who are already productive, um, and we're looking to leverage that and make them more productive. So introduction of, of, of different types of space, of materials, of technology, um, there are ways to measure where you are today, and we have those variables understood that we have not invested in technology or we have not invested in, in group workspaces. Or, or like you, we, you and maybe this group doesn't have any visual cues, both digital and all the way down to a simple whiteboard. And what does is, what is making that work visual do for them? So we provide a space where they can group think, where they can post up on the wall, where they can bring up a projector or a big screen and then put their, their data out there for everybody to see. And when you open it up like that, it does really drive conversation. You can measure number of collisions in a space. You can measure those conversations. You can, you can find and track email, and you can identify that solutions came 11.2 days faster once we provided this environment than they did before by people being isolated and sitting in their own areas. That's interesting. So uh, I know you, you all deal with a lot of different companies and a lot of different industries, but are there trends that you're seeing across all those different industries, uh, you know, in terms of what you're designing into uh, businesses today? Well, we definitely see trends. The, the three markets to follow the trends the easiest are, are healthcare, manufacturing, and then office environments or workplace. Those are the easiest ones to track. Healthcare is, is one of the more fascinating ones because we have uh, 16 people in our firm that, are, that have their EDAC certification, which is a, a special certification to be able to do a, a similar process. And it basically, again, listens and benchmarks and, and, and we create the hypotheses so that in the end, and, and in some of these projects, we put skin in the game that we help guarantee that the measures at the end are going to be realized. Um, and that's part of the, the process for us. Um, we just have that competency where we're confident that we'll have the measurable improvements to be able to do that. So trends, trends are open office concept was a trend. I think we're finding some of our clients find that that open office concept is great for certain brain types. It facilitates collaboration and innovation. But in other areas, it's dropped the efficiency of, of say, a heads-down worker who really needed to concentrate, and their brain type doesn't want all of the distraction to be able to do their job. So we've had to balance that out with how people work and, and the type of environment that makes them successful. So, in terms of the size projects that you typically work with, is this just for large companies, or can small companies benefit from this as well? 
I, this this process, like I said, from carpet all the way up to full hospital um, uh, creation, is applicable. There are deeper levels of this that we do. So real small projects, we have this top of mind because this is what we do for a living. We once we once we've invested for the number of years that we have in this, we, that doesn't go away. It's it's forefront of our mind to to hit our clients' goals and objectives from a business standpoint. However, when you have a bigger project. Um, and they want deep measures, and they want to have validations. We all report to somebody. We all have a board that we report to, and we have to show those measures and those improvements. Um, that's where you spend the, the, the time that it takes to validate and measure, um, and that takes time even beyond the construction period. You know, a year later, we need to go back and make sure that that, that operational um, e- efficiency is realized. Mm. Well, that, that's that's terrific. Unfortunately, Jim, we have run out of time, uh, and we certainly appreciate you being on the show. The thing that Brent and I love about the show the most is we get to learn, and I've learned quite a bit, uh, you know, on the show, and and I've since been on your website, and uh, there's there's a lot going on here that uh, people need to pay attention to. So, lot Jim, more to think thank about. you for a lot more to think about. That's right. Thank you for being on the show, Jim, and we appreciate uh, your time. I appreciate it, too. Thank you very much. Thanks, Tim. We'll, uh, we'll take a, a short break here uh, on the second stage and, and be back to share some concluding thoughts about today's topics. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you need directions to solid financial future? If so, the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with a roadmap to making smart money decisions in every area of your personal finances. Join Jordan every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for the Money Answers Show on the Voice America Business Channel. Learn how and where to get the best deals on mortgages, cars, and insurance. Find out the best ways to save for college and retirement. Get out of debt, improve your credit rating, and save on your taxes. The Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman will provide you with great tips on investment opportunities in real estate, stocks, annuities, and other investment vehicles. That's the Money Answers Show with Jordan Goodman on the Voice America Business Channel every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. You are tuned in to The Second Stage. To reach the hosts or their guests today, call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to thesecondstage at evolutioncp.com. Now, back to Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson. 
Welcome back to the show, The Second Stage. This is Jeff Cadlick, and I'm here with my tag team partner, Brendan Anderson. Uh, this show is about small business best practices, and we're going to cover lots of topics. And this was a new and interesting topic uh, that uh, our producer, uh, or I guess you, I don't know what you call sure. her. She's, Let's go with that. Let's go with that. We'll go, we'll go with producer about performance-based design. You know, you know, Jim came highly recommended to us by our friend Greg Crabtree, uh, and Obviously, the guy is very articulate and and uh, you know seems to know what he's talking about. I I had gone to their website before the show, and uh, they they are uh, you know doing a lot a lot across a lot of different industries, and uh, they're based out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. You can find out more about them at www.progressiveae.com, and that was Jim Horman, practice leader and architect. Um, y- you know it, it's. Uh, I, I was a little skeptical. I mean, you know, go, kind of going into this about how you could measure these things. I mean, I think that this move for us has been uh, good. I don't know how to measure uh, yeah. how it's been good. I feel better about coming into this office than our old office, but well, it, you know, and we've never put any thought into it. You know how you know how hard it is when we when we start putting in the uh, evolutionary process to start tracking. You know the the really important stuff. It takes its effort, and I think that the um, it's unfortunate that we didn't have more time with Jim because I, when uh, when we talked to him in advance of the of the of the show, we had a lot more time to get into the detail on some of the projects he's worked on and and uh and 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 really kind of you know got get some firsthand kind of discussions on how he was able to track the data how he was able to improve you know kind of you know the the numbers of days people missed the numbers of you know how uh, you know the kind of the, their their happiness ratings the the amount of energy people were saving and it's just you know equivalently you know going blank in my memory but that there was it's it, it's much deeper than kind of uh, we were able to get into so you know, it really is. It's it's fun to think about, and it's fun to think about this stuff as an investment and actually get a return on the on the money that we're spending on on facilities. So, pretty neat stuff. Well, you know, it sounds like they do a lot of their measuring through that human experience survey uh, that Jim talked about, and and you know, really getting people to respond to questions. Like, I'm sure if we responded to, you know, a survey, uh, it would be clear that we felt better about this location. Uh, I don't know that you could wrap any numbers around how we perform here versus, you know, the other place. I mean, in my mind, it wasn't as much cultural change internally as it was how we are presenting ourselves to the market that was driving, you know, the decision to make the move to to this new building. And, and it, you know, just to expand on that, our old facility, our old landlord was wonderful, but it just had a much more of an industrial feel, kind of a small, dark entryway in the lobby. Our space was fine. We we're busting out the seams a little bit. Uh, you know, the, the new space that we're in, you walk into this grand lobby and everything uh, is, is very clean and uh, lots of natural light. And we feel like that pulls entrepreneurs up. You know, they want to feel like they're being pulled up and working with uh, somebody that's established and not somebody that's necessarily kind of, you know, uh, looking less less professional. <laughs> I also think, you know, when you sign a longer term lease at a nice place, you also are going to make sure that, you know, we, you know, that we, we get our uh, the the 
stories of our companies on the wall, our partner uh, companies, and we, you know, it's something that we're that we're proud of. Something that we're you know kind of you know saying, look, this is these are people that we partner with, and we're very excited about. So. I agree. Speaking of partnering with, I, I get the. Uh, I'm gonna pack up and move to or move to uh, travel to uh, the Inc. Magazine Groco in Nashville. I know uh, you usually go along with me, but you don't get to go this 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 year because you're uh, doing some other travel. So uh, I'm heading there. It's a, it's for people that haven't gone. Uh, the Inc. Magazine events um, are the the Inc. 500 or 5000 event and the Groco event, which Jeff and I usually go to both. Uh, it's just a wonderful. Uh, collection of entrepreneurs that are out there looking for uh, answers to growth questions and, and business operation questions. Yeah, and and that's the reason that we started going in the first place was in our minds, you know, the entrepreneurs that attend those events are looking for answers. They're looking for solutions. They're looking to collaborate and to network and so on and so forth. They're not looking to drum up new business or if they are, very few of them are. I find that most people are jokingly acknowledging that they've mis- made mistakes and how they recovered and it's, it's very uh, cleansing. Uh, environment because everybody kind of lets their guard down a little bit and uh, you know has has a laugh and it, you and I have talked about um, you know the yin and yang of evolution is you know on the one hand we're in a little bit stiffer uh, sterile private equity world and to then say the you, least to, to say, say the least, least. Yeah. everyone has their private equity uniform or the blue sport coat and tan slacks and then you go to Groco and there's people walking around with their hair on fire and tattoos and ripped up jeans and, uh, and smiling and smiling and having a great time. Yeah. 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 Well, and I always feel that, you know, out of all the people, Jeff, you're perfectly suited for the stiff uh, kind of suit crowd and I'm the shorts and t-shirt crowd. So uh, maybe, uh, maybe I'm just the only one that feels that way, but uh, no, it's, it really is a, it's a wonderful, uh, it's a wonderful event. And I'm actually, uh, it's, it's a, it's a bummer, you know, as we're getting busier and busier, it's tougher to have both of us hit some of these things, but um, we, we do look forward to it. Neat, neat yeah, who are you going to drink your vodka Red Bull with now? I got a list. I got a long list. <laughs> got my EO crowd down there, and I got you know Bo Burlingham will be down there, and uh, so it's a it's a good group of uh, of wonderful kind of passionate uh, business small business uh, advocates. So I'm not your only enabler. I got to be honest. I'm, I'm pretty good at it, at getting people Enable. focused. Self enabling. I'm a, I'm an enabler uh, mentor or whatever. I uh, yeah. inspirational enabler. So whatever that means. Yeah, and and w- one last suggestion. Then we'll move off of uh, the ink topic, though. Is uh, you know the ink five hundred five thousand is something that we really want our partner companies to aspire uh, toward. Uh, it's a fun recognition. It's a fun event. It's fun to be in that community. I think you learn a lot. They've got great speakers at the larger conferences. Um, and, you know, I would encourage our listeners to submit a uh, an application. Uh, it's relatively simple and, and harmless and, and very confidential. And, um, you know, you, you just don't know. Uh, obviously, the the growth rates uh, change year in and year out, and really, it's simply about growth. It's revenue growth. So companies that are really really small have a, a great advantage in uh, this type of uh, measurement because going from a million to you know million and a half in one year is is you know better than going in terms of growth rates from you know ten to eleven million. 
Yeah, and I and I as we've talked about this with obviously the Inc. people and um, and you know there's it's easier to measure revenue growth and um, and you and I and the evolutionary process are you know very you know very focused on you know kind of controlled profitable growth. I mean, controlled being that you know you got to make sure you stay within your bandwidth and so forth, uh, and, and and there does have to be some sort of profits. But um, but you're right, it's you know it's it's revenue focused, and there are some. I mean, you know, as you, we've met many companies that have been able to really master both uh, growing revenue and growing profits. And uh, so that's, I mean, it's, it's tough to do, but it's, uh, it's, it's a neat, neat group of people. Yeah, you, don't well, necessarily, you don't necessarily need to make the list to go. It's a fun environment, whether you, you know, would just want to go and investigate it and see what people are doing also. So that, that, that is exactly right. And uh, so do you have any, we have about 30 seconds. You got, got anything for me? The well is dry. Design profit. I don't know. I'm. I'm I. I. I realize I'm like over seven or over ten. I, I'm. I literally. I was while we were talking. I was trying to on the rhyming website. I got nothing, Jeff. I got nothing. There's a website for that. That's. I guess I shouldn't yeah. be surprised. I'm going to go with I does not scale. Going back to the first segment of the show, uh, because that is very very important concept to to grasp as you are building out your business. We hope you've enjoyed today's show and join us again next Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific. Um, we're not sure what we're diving into next week, but we want to Passion thank everybody. Passion for possibilities. Yeah. Passion want- for possibilities, baby. That's exactly right. We're going to end right there. Passion for possibilities. Thanks for tuning in to the second stage. We'll be back at you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week to The Second Stage. Please join Jeffrey Cadlick and Brendan Anderson again next Monday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And have a successful week. 